come now to Revelation chapter 6. In chapter 5, <clears throat> we saw the whole of creation worshipping God the Father and God the Son, the Lamb. Now, the Lamb has taken the scroll and is ready to unseal the scroll which contains the events leading to the end of this present world and the inauguration of a beautiful new heaven and new earth. So John hears a loud voice, you know, and the, the first seal was opened and John hears this loud voice from one of the living creatures saying, Come! Not sure whether the come is for asking John to come and see, which I don't think it is. I think it's telling whatever is to come out from that seal. And could be like, come out. And then John sees a white horse coming out. He looks at a white horse. White horse is always a symbol of a general coming in, a conqueror coming in. And on the horse sat someone who had a bow and a crown. See, it's a picture of a, a king who is a warrior king. And then he just watches this thing. And then he hears the lamb. See, the lamb then opens the second seal and he hears the voice. Another voice says, come out. And a red horse comes out this time. A red horse may signify blood, bloodshed, right? So the white horse speaks of a conquering king coming. And of course, the next result would be bloodshed. And on this red horse, he sees someone with a sword, a great sword. And the Bible goes on to say, this one was permitted, that was the word, permitted to take peace from the world. In other words, all these events are controlled by God, right? And then the Lamb opens the third seal and again the word come is shouted, out comes a black horse and on the horse is a man with a weighing scale you know when you buy food they weigh a weighing scale and then he hears a voice saying come and buy barley at such and such a price oh that's very expensive so this black horse signifies food shortage famine which is of course a natural result when there was chaos and war and then the fourth horse then the fourth seal is broken and that voice shall come out and this time a pale weak horse comes out and the name of the rider is called death he's got nothing on him no sword, no skill, no bow, just a name called death. 
and it says following this man are graves like people are being buried all right and they're dying it says from the sword from famine from pestilences or diseases and even from wild beasts all right so we see this four events taking place a warrior coming out allowed to make war taking away peace from the earth when you take away peace from the earth as bloodshed and nobody's planting anything why bother to plant when somebody's going to grab your food right and so there's then famine and you know whenever there is famine not enough food what happens people get sick pestilences and then what happens after pestilences even wild animals start coming out because as people die the fields are left empty and wild beasts start coming up you'd be surprised how quickly they can come back and one quarter of the earth is given authority to take one quarter of the earth lives away assuming there are like six billion people or bad time eight billion whatever two billion people will die now you know these events described here in the first four seals are not new it's always been war after war there's bloodshed and then there is famine diseases death from starvation wild animals coming in and it's a normal sequence so what's new about this the only difference is the scale of it all right so here we see one quarter of the earth now every world war is tiny fraction of the world's population dies right never 25 percent Okay, so the first four seals are quite easy to understand, nothing complicated. These are things. You see, the Bible is introducing these things, telling us in the last days there will be this intensification. There's a war that you've never seen before. I don't know what number, World War One, right? But it's going to be so amazing. And then when the fifth seal is broken, John sees martyrs people under the altar of God massive number of people under the altar of God and they're dressed in white and they say to God how long more why are you delaying all this so many are being killed and the answer is just rest a little while the number of martyrs is not yet complete when the number is complete then it will stop you see God allows martyrdom it's not like God 
couldn't control it. God is giving Christians the opportunity to be martyrs. How do you like that? The opportunity to be martyrs. Wow. We always see the opposite. God wants to protect us. But you know, God allows us to be His war heroes, to die for our faith, to die reaching out to the poor, the dying out there, preaching the gospel to those who are probably starving and going to, you know, almost to, to death. And then in the process, being martyred for helping and sharing the gospel. Wow! This is something we we always wonder why all these events in the last days. God is raising up a bunch of heroes for his new birth. And then, so God says, wait, wait. And then the sixth seal is open and whoa, a massive earthquake like never before. Earthquakes again, nothing new. Martyrs have always been. But the numbers, the scale, like never before. You see, the last days, everything scales up. If you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, and all about, uh, all about the signs of the last days, you will realize that actually they're just the same thing, but disobedient to parents, boasters, blasphemers it's always been in history but in the last days it scales up and this is the last of the last days everything scales up at a fierce pace right and then there's an earthquake so what's a big deal this is a great earthquake and it's accompanied by signs that we have never seen before the sun turns black as sackcloth blackened out and then we see the moon turning red and then we see the stars falling down. Meteorites have come down, but the stars start falling down. And then, even worse, the sky seems to be removed, like a scroll being rolled back. You know, imagine the sky is like a scroll, right? Like a, like a curtain. And it's like being rolled back and the curtain's gone. The sky's gone. What in the world is this? So up there, everything seems to be being removed. And down on the earth, the mountains start to move and the islands start to move. It's as if there's a renovation team coming to clear all the old stuff. Imagine you have an old house. It's getting so run down, so termite eaten. You start removing everything. The lights are turned off and and the, the roof is pulled off and and then the walls are taken away it's a picture of it wow and then all the people of the world from the kings and all those mighty men and even down to the poorest men they flee from the wrath of god and the lamb and they say, this is the great day of the wrath of the Lamb. They realize, wow, the Christ we rejected, we laughed at, we mocked at. 
Ah, who is this Christ? Rubbish, all you stupid people who believe in Christ. Weaklings you are. All of them now run, hide in the caves of the mountains, plead with the mountains, the rocks to fall on them, to spare them from the wrath of the Lamb. And this verse, this chapter ends with, who can stand before this wrath of the Lamb? Alright, I want to note that. Who can stand? Okay? Now, a few words you would want to notice is, they were permitted to take peace. The guy on the red horse was permitted to take peace from the earth. The guy on the pale horse was given authority to take one quarter of the world away. All this is controlled destruction. Okay? So I hope you see here now the beginning of the destruction of the end of the world as we know it. Nothing complicated so far in the symbols. Every symbol you know, you have already read in the newspaper except the intensification of it. We come to Revelation chapter 7. Chapter 6 showed the huge, massive destruction on the world caused by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. One quarter of the world died during this time. Many would be injured and traumatized. And the chapter 6 ends with this question, Who can stand the wrath of God? Chapter 7 answers that question. Chapter 7 begins by saying, John saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth. I think these are winds symbolic, the winds of destruction. And then he saw an angel rising from the east, holding the seal of God in his hand. And this angel cried out to the four angels, holding back the four, the four winds of the earth, do not harm the earth until I have sealed the people of God on their foreheads, the servants of God on their foreheads, right? And then John heard the number 144,000 being said. And then they were, of these 144,000, they were 12,000 from each tribe of the, of Israel. So 12,000 from each tribe, which are 12 tribes, equals 144,000. Wow! Again, remember the number 12 represents God's people, right? God's people from each tribe, 12,000, and then there were 12 tribes. So in other words, the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes, 
will be protected, sealed by God at this time. A little bit of uh, detail here. The 12 tribes are mentioned, the tribe of Dan, one of the original 12 tribes, is missing from this. Right? Dan had gone into severe idolatry, turned away from God. Remember of the 12 apostles, one was also removed, Judas Iscariot. Right? So Dan is removed from the Old Testament group, replaced, and Judas Iscariot is replaced by Matthias too. Okay? So we see this interesting detail. Also, we need to realize that we thought 10 tribes of Israel had disappeared from the face of the earth, right? The Assyrians came in AD, uh, BC 700 something, and then 10 tribes were taken away and has no mention of them for almost 3,000 years, 2,700 uh, years, okay? What happened to these 10 tribes, we have no idea. They're called the Lost Tribes of Israel. We only know the tribe of Judah that's left. That's why they're called Jews today, not Israelites anymore. We call them people Jews from the word Judah. But God knows. God knows who these people are. I don't even know how. This mystery of God. Okay? So Israel is not forgotten. Then, when he heard this, then he looked around and he saw another great multitude, right? Besides the sealing process of 12,000 from each tribe, he looked around and he saw a great multitude which cannot be numbered. And they were from every nation, every color, every uh, facial feature, every language of the world. But they had one thing in common. They all wore white and they had palm branches in their hand. And this massive multitude which cannot be numbered, unlike the 144,000 which can be numbered, right? there's a number of it put to it, this cannot be numbered. And these with the white robes and the palm are singing a song saying salvation belongs to god and to the lamb wow and then john sees all the angels probably millions of them plus the 24 elders on their throne plus the four living creatures all fall down and worship god and all of them say, Amen. You know, the group has said, Salvation belongs to God and the Lamb. And then this choir in heaven, this massive choir says, Amen. Glory, honor to God forever. Then an elder comes up and asks John this question. Who are these people? Who are this great multitude of people? From where did they come? And John said, I know. He says, you know, I don't know. And the elder says, from the great tribulation. They, these are those who have washed 
themselves white in the blood of the Lamb. Wow. Wow. So who are these massive number? People who died for Christ. Martyrs for Christ. People who trusted Christ maybe during this crisis. And then who preached Christ during this crisis. And who died for Christ during this horrible time on earth. They are martyrs. A few of them. No, it says, who are these? These are the martyrs. And the Bible here in chapter 7 says, which cannot be numbered. Wow! God's allowing people to be heroes in the last days. The very thing we fear as Christians today is to die for Christ. But the greatest honor you can have is to die for Christ. Today we fight for honors so we can be somebody in this world. We labor hard, we sacrifice. People literally sacrifice everything to be a president, scholar, or a top performer in something, sports or music or whatever, to be somebody in this world. But the Bible tells us there's another high accolade for the new earth like never before. The martyr's crown, not the president's scholarship. Alright? And so tells us these were people brought out from the great tribulation, martyrs during the great tribulation, and now they were in God's presence and God's protection, waiting for the new heaven and the new earth. We come to Revelation chapter 8. Previous chapter, we saw how God had sealed his children, 144,000 Israelites, and they were protected. And then there was a whole bunch of people, martyrs, up already with God, protected by him. They had suffered, they had died in the Great Tribulation. Now we come to chapter 8, and in chapter 8, the seventh seal is open. Remember, the sixth seal was opened previously, and those horrendous things had happened, that massive earthquake, and the sun darkened, the moon turned to blood, and things seemed to be falling down, all right? And now the seventh seal is open, and there was silence for half an hour, 30 minutes. So kind of help you to recover your breath. And then John, after 30 minutes of seeing nothing happening, saw seven angels being given seven trumpets. And what we are going to see is the seventh seal now opens up into another series of judgments or call it another set of judgments. So the first set we'll call the seven sealed judgments 
And on the seventh, when it opens, it opens up to another set called the seven trumpet judgments. Okay. So later we'll see when the seventh trumpet is blown, it opens up into the seven bowl of flask judgments. Wow. So there are three sets of seven. Seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, seven bowl of flask, flask brought down judgments. All right. Now, the question is, are these seven, then followed by another seven, followed by another seven, all right? Is it like in a linear thing? If you read it carefully, you know that they are actually not linear. They are actually describing different aspects of the judgment on the earth taking place at the same time you will find the first set of judgments, the seal judgments, were basically man-made. God allowed man to go to war. God allowed man to slaughter one another. Right? So that was really man-made. But there was another aspect during this time, okay, in the trumpet judgments, it's not man-made, it's God sent directly. Okay, as you will see very soon. So while all the war is going on, other things are also happening. All right? So the seven trumpet judgments are not following the war. It can be during, sometime during this war, these things are also happening. <clears throat> all right? So we are now seeing from another angle, God doing certain things in the seven seal, men were doing to each other war, fighting each other. But God, while at the same time as they were doing this, God also doing something, all right? So let's look at it and try to understand. In other words, the catastrophes are more than we can think at one time. Imagine God just describes, well, there's war, is this happening? And we get all confused. So in the seven seal one, we see quite straightforward the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, typical war. We can, oh, my mind can still grasp it. Then now he puts on an overlay to that, what's happening on the earth. Something's happening from God. He's throwing things down from heaven, so to speak. Okay, so let's look uh, at this. Now, in chapter 8, it says that quiet 30 minutes, then he saw seven angels being given seven trumpets, but before they could blow, he saw another angel was given a incense burner, all right? Priest had an incense burner, kind of something with a container there, and he put incense into the container part, all right? And he was given an incense burner with lots of incense, and this angel went up and offered the incense on the altar, because incense rises up to God. Then after he offered up this incense, he took fire from the altar, and then he threw it on the ground, on the earth. So from heaven, now he's in up in heaven. He throws the incense, the fire, sorry, on the earth. And then the Bible says there were lightnings, there were thunders, there was an earthquake, right? This is always God, how God introduces his, his presence, okay? In other words, God's also involved, not just conquerors are fighting each other and killing each other one quarter of the world in a world war this is also god's war with against this present evil world 
And then after the fire is thrown down, the lightning, the thunder, and all the dramatic opening of the third set, or sorry, the second set of divine judgments called the trumpet judgments, John hears the first trumpet being blown by the angel. And then what happens? Hail and fire mingle with blood is cast down on the earth. Wow. Remember during Pharaoh's time in Egypt when Pharaoh was hardened, refused to turn to God, though it was obvious that God was, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same scene, just on a bigger scale. It wasn't Egypt now, it's the world. Okay? Remember in chapter 6, we say on the fifth, on the sixth seal, there was a massive earthquake. When the sixth seal was opened, there was a massive earthquake. The sun became dark, the moon became bloody, the stars started to fall, the earth, mountains moved, islands shook. You thought people would repent, right? Right? But many were still stubborn. Just like Pharaoh. Just like Pharaoh. Refused to accept. They said, ah, this is just war. I don't know, it's just earthquakes. There's some natural calamity. This is climate change or whatever. They refuse to accept God. So God now is dealing with them as he dealt with a hardened, stubborn Pharaoh who would refuse to acknowledge that it was God. Some of them said, it's the wrath of the Lamb. It's the wrath of the Lamb. But the majority, no. They just fled and they cursed God. All right? So God says, hail and fire mingle with blood. And one third of the earth Trees, grass, burned up, hailstones with fire, right? That's what happened to Egypt. Egypt was ravaged. This time the world is ravaged. Then a second trumpet is blown, and John sees a great mountain on fire, like a massive mountain on fire falls into the sea. I don't know what, it's like a super meteorite falls into the sea, and then... Uh, the sea turns to blood. One third of the sea becomes bloody. And one third of the fish, all the creatures in the sea die. And one third of all the ships destroyed by this catastrophe in the sea. Well, the Nile River was turned to blood. The fish died. But there was only one river. And then the third trumpet sound, and a great star. The one looked like a mountain. This one looked like a star, meteorite coming down with fire. And it fell on the rivers and all the water sources, springs, the reservoirs, the lakes, whatever. And the water, fresh water that we drink became bitter and poisonous. And whoever drank, died. Many died. Wow. Then the fourth trumpet blows and then the sun, one third of the light goes out, one third of the moon goes out, one third of the stars light go out. Wow. It's as if the electricity was shutting down. turning off the lights around. 
unbelievable. So while the war is going on, I don't know at which point of this massive catastrophe, God's getting rid of the evil world of people, hardened, He's been given them thousands of years, thousands of opportunities to acknowledge their sinners, acknowledge there is a creator, acknowledge they are responsible to a creator, but they won't. So God allows those wars, and in the midst of it, as they keep hardening, God adds some more impact. Not only removing the evil people, he's removing the messed up world that these evil people have destroyed. Today, people talk about Mother Nature, not Father God. We need to take care of Mother Earth, you know, but yet the world's rivers are more polluted. The sea is polluted, the land is polluted, farmlands are all polluted. So, what do you do with this place that's just run down after thousands of years of abuse? What do you do with it? What is God going to do with it? He's going to remove it. You know, it's easier when you have a house so termite-eaten, so rotten, instead of trying to renovate it, you raise it, you you dis, totally demolish it, so you can build a new earth, right? And this is what God is doing. So we are seeing all these things in Revelation. We are actually not seeing it as if it's something new. That's, nothing here is new. It's already, we've read it in the Bible, or we've seen it in life, okay? It's just the scale of it. Okay, so many people say, wow, Revelation, you really cannot understand. I don't understand why you cannot understand. Okay, it's understandable. It's not that complicated. Huh? So I hope that you will see all these things. And if you just take it at face value as you read it, right? If you could understand the Exodus story, why can't you understand this story? It's just a bigger scale, right? Even though there's wars, there's World War One, World War Two. Why can't you see a World War Three, World War Five, whatever it is? What's your problem, right? It's just the devil makes you think the Book of Revelation is a big mystery. It is not, right? It is quite simple. And finally, John sees an eagle flying with a loud voice and saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" To the earth for there are three more woes coming. You see, we only had four here. Three more are coming. The seven trumpet uh, destructions, okay, of the earth. 